to Marcel Monday's podcast. I am your host, Marcel, aka Marcus Fernandez. Today we're going to be talking about resilience. And essentially what resilience is, it's overcoming an obstacle and being adaptable and strong in that situation. So I got a great guest with me today. He's a close friend of mine. His name's JP Hamill. He's from Ontario. Moved out to BC several years ago, but he's an extreme sport doer. So coming out to BC was probably one of his best decisions for doing that when it comes to biking, climbing, etc. JP ran into a bit of a situation a couple of years back where he was climbing and some tragic accident occurred. And so I think uh, his, his story completely undergoes this idea of resilience and battling adversity. So JP, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. So this is your first ever podcast, correct? Yeah. 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 Did a Obviously, as we just chatted earlier, but did a bit of recording as a kid with music, but yeah, <laughs> on <a> podcast. <laughs> Are the nerves comfortable? Uh, yeah, they're totally, totally good. Yeah, yeah, good to go. Okay, so my first question for you mm-hmm. is: before you went through your accident, what yeah. was your life like? What was what was going on during your life? Well, I want to sit here and say it was amazing, but it was it was still it was still has its ups and downs as life is, right? And uh, you know, there were some chaotic times, but. Yeah, I, I specifically moved out to BC for obviously the unbelievable rock climbing and gradually got into the biking and, and skiing and stuff. And I was I grew up as a snowboarder, so but uh yeah, life was good and I I kinda took a while to finish my undergrad and and took a while with some decisions, but I wanted to make sure that I was making the right decisions and for me it was about living where I wanted to live and being in the lifestyle I wanted. And as a kid I always wanted to be an architect since I was like eight years old. <laughs> But I had always struggled with like the math side of things, so I never kind of thought it would ever happen. But uh, yeah, life was life was good, and 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 worked my butt off to get into uh, the University of Calgary for the Masters of Architecture program, and uh, that's kind of that's kind of where my life was sitting before my accident happened, and I, I had done my just completed my first year there. So yeah, did it ever occur to you that? something could possibly go wrong in your life did you ever had that you know that thought that you know life's unpredictable something could occur yeah for sure i mean i don't know it's funny sometimes i'm sure like even for yourself or for everyone around it's like you kind of think like well if something happens it just happens like there's gonna be a day that i die there's gonna be a day that it is what it is but uh you never actually think (laughs) any of that could happen to you Right. You, you kind of live in this, like, especially when you're younger, you know, I was in my mid, mid 20, bit late, like 26, 27. And you just kind of still think you're invincible in some ways. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I feel that right now, just being almost 18, yeah. completely feel invincible. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, especially like in this town, right? Like everyone just crushes, like you get all these kids doing these, like backies off things and, and just crazy stuff in sports and, and uh, now that I've had actually a few bad accidents, uh, I take a second a second look at some things before I jump into it. That's that's for sure. Well, yeah, you're getting a bit older now, so you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, eh? yeah. All right, so we'll we'll fast forward to when you had your full accident. 
yeah 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 sure when was it if when was it yeah where were where were you when was it yeah yeah what was um, going on if you i know it's hard to remember because that's like <laughs> no yeah. i i think it was i'm going on four years now i think yeah i think it'll be four years now yeah so anyway it was in it was in calgary so i was at i was at the university of calgary and um and i was i was doing just finishing my first year of architecture like i just said earlier and i had worked my butt off so hard like you know, I go through these weird phases where I just find something and I'm 120% in it. And I worked so hard. Like, I lost 20 pounds that year. And, like, you look at me now and it's like, oh, this guy lost 20 pounds. Like, I lost 20 pounds because I was just so in the grind and so ready to do it. And all that hard work kind of paid off. And I got a job with a prof of mine that summer doing uh, uh, just, like, student design work within, like, we talked earlier, that robotic design, like, stuff and some architectural installation stuff. and super cool experience and me and my girlfriend at the time were uh climbing a bunch in the rockies so i was climbing on uh, mount temple which is uh one of the one it's it's one of the twelve thousand uh foot foot peaks in canada um there's a very classic hiking route that goes up the backside that a lot of people hike and go see it's right near marine lake yeah i can walk through the accident if that's how yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would love to know because I, I can't fully remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, me, me neither, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try and do it my best. But so essentially what happened is we were climbing like the classic East Ridge route, which is like not very hard climbing. There's tons of people that have climbed this and it's it's just a classic route. It's like a Canadian, top Canadian climb. It has all kinds of mixed climbing, just um, not mixed climbing in the sense of like ice climbing, but mixed climbing in the sense that you're doing like some mountaineer climbing, um, traversing some glacier travel. Uh, there's some straight up, like just even like five, seven pitches, but they're super beautiful pitches and you're way up there. Um, super exposed, just like a great time. Right. Uh, so it was me and my girlfriend at the time. And one of my best friends ever was, uh, a buddy of mine still is, uh, Christian, who's a, a guide now out there so he was going through his guides uh exams at the time um i think he's a i don't know if he's actually a full mountain guide now but he's getting close to it anyway um anyway so we were at the ten thousand around the ten thousand foot mark and, and the thing about temple is that at ten thousand feet there's like you can see the change in rock it goes from quartzite to limestone and it's an area called the black towers and so it's actually like the color of the rock changes and the, the texture of the rock changes right so um me and my buddy Christian, we're, we're, I mean, we've always been super good in the mountains and, and thought of ourselves as he is amazing in the mountains. And I always thought of myself as someone who was just like, oh, just figure it out. Right. Like get up there and figure it out. I read the, I read a lot of the stuff before going up to do it and we knew we were going and we were making great time. Um, but, uh, we didn't notice that a lot of people get lost near the black towers cause they take the wrong chimney. So we were looking at the guide and it said to go such and such distance then you see a chimney and you go up unfortunately we went up the wrong chimney and we just kept climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and then sooner or later it was like you know we're slinging like a rock here maybe a rock there there's no belay stations which is fine you know you're doing like hip belays over a rock um you know and then it gets to a point where we're like three pitches up and uh there's just just it's just like sketchy choss climbing with no gear and just hit belays on a ledge. And uh, I didn't actually have a problem with the climbing. Like, that, that was fine. It was a little exposed, but it wasn't difficult. Um, and it was definitely a little risky. 
But at that moment, we kind of were like, yeah, it could get real dicey if we keep going. So we kind of had to do some <laughs> retra- retrace our steps and realize that we were completely too far on one side. And so we had to backtrack. And to do that, unfortunately, um, you can't just wrap down as you do in Squamish here with all the bolted belays and leave a piece of gear in a crack and, and get out of there. There was no gear to place. Like there was nothing. So, you know, me and my girlfriend and Christian, we, or my ex-girlfriend and Christian, we, uh, would take turns. We'd, we'd, one person would wrap down and the next person would down climb and then the next person would wrap down. But it was like a hip belay wrap, right? So you're, you're going down on the, the person's hip. And on the very last, the third wrap down, it was like a chimney, a big chimney that we climbed, right? And so Laura goes down, like she gets out of the way. And then I go down and I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, if I, if I just get off the rope and get out of the way, Christian, if something happens, he's gone. Like there's 10,000 feet of cliff below us. Like he's, he's, he's not going to live. So it wasn't hard climbing. I completely trusted him to do it fine, but I just, I don't know. I just, I felt it was okay for me to put myself in a bit of danger just in case to save a life if something did happen. Um, we weren't wearing climbing shoes either, right? You're wearing like mountaineering boots. So it's a little more difficult to climb like five, seven or five, four. I mean, this was class five climbing, so it wasn't really in the five, six range. So, and anyway, I got, I got down, uh, and I found this little, like kind of little 10 foot cliff band thing with one crack in it. And I could put one piece of gear in and I made like a really bad anchor. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was something. And uh, Christian's down climbing and I'm just pulling rope in and I figured if I snug up against this little 10 foot cliff, if a rock does fall, it's just going to go whizzing over top of me. Right. And then uh, all of a sudden nowhere, I just, I feel this like felt, you know, at the time it felt like 50 and now I probably say it was 70, (laughs) but, um, uh, probably around 50 pounds or something like that hit me in the head. Maybe, maybe more. I'm not sure, but, uh, it feels, feels like more now. But, and then I, and then I fell over. I, I don't really remember too much, but, um, uh, I remember kind of, they, they, they came down to me cause they had heard it. They heard it hit my head. I was wearing a helmet luckily, but yeah. Yeah. And I always thought you didn't have a helmet on. No. Yeah, no, I did have a helmet on. It, it, uh. it didn't, it, it's funny cause it didn't look that bad. And I was actually, um, pretty with it after like for a minute, I was like kind of not knowing what was going on and don't remember much and just like classic brain injury thing. Right. And I've had plenty of those growing up playing hockey and that kind of stuff. So, but then, you know, there were a couple of things I kind of, I I don't really remember, but I remember not doing things right. I kind of walked around a bit not knowing what was going on and kind of up on a ledge. You don't, you know, there's a lot that there's a lot that could go wrong. But then I guess when they came down, I started feeling a little bit more with it and, and, uh, we chatted about what was going on and I, I said, I, I couldn't figure out how to tie like a figure eight knot or I, I couldn't figure out just basic climbing skills to navigate the mountains. And so, uh, you know, no one loves calling a rescue, but I guess at that time, uh, Christian decided that she should call a rescue because if something happens and I have to save them, it's pretty, I'm pretty useless. Right. So, uh, Yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, I got long lined out of there. That was a good call though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's no way that you probably would have died trying to get down there. 
No, I mean, you can't, you can't say that. I'm sure in my mind, I'm sure we would have been fine still even today, but, uh, I mean, you never know, right? Like I could have slept on something cause I maybe couldn't even walk straight or maybe I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say what, how did it, how did the helicopter get up there? How do you even get rescued when you're 10,000 feet up in the air? Uh, well, I don't. I don't remember too much, <laughs> but, uh, I, I do know that Christian, Christian got a, we had cell service the whole way actually. So I think Christian called and then they come by and they, and they, I think they do a pass. See, check you out. I do remember them keep thinking that we were hikers on the other side because they kept asking. They were like, are you sure you're not on the hike? Then the other, we were like, no, bro. We we're like on the East Ridge. Yeah. I, I don't remember too much more, but I remember being in the, you know, the, like, hanging below the heli in like a little, um, I don't know what it's called, but just like a, uh, the little, the little crate thing that yeah, they pull you up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they took me and got down and they checked me out and they're like, you seem pretty good. And I was like, yeah. So, and then just went to the hospital after that. So in, in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. And then what followed? You went to the hospital then it got worse, correct? It yeah, it was, get- it was a weird chain of events because, I mean, I'll do this super quick here because um, is that essentially I went in and they, they checked me and I waited forever and they were like, yeah, you just you just got a head injury. Like, there's nothing going on otherwise. You'll be back at work in two weeks. And I was like, oh, sick, right? And then the next day I woke up and I was like, oh, something's not right. And then, you know, I all of a sudden a month and a half went by and I was like, I could barely walk a block without almost vomiting. And, um, I, yeah, I was just laid in bed in the dark <laughs> class. Yeah. Brain injury stuff. Right. And I didn't think anything about my neck at the time. I, I thought it was just pure brain. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's one thing to think about when you get a brain injury is the neck. People always forget yeah. that, that that's actually, you know, a possibility that hurt your neck. Yeah. Well, it, the symptoms are the same. So it's really hard to, to realize which is which and which is causing which. So if you're feeling nauseous and if you have uh, constant headaches and tension headaches and even even eye problems and um, and uh, ability remembering things and taking in sentences, like it's all related. People think your neck, you're like, how can you, how do you have problems remembering things with your neck? But it's all about like brain fog and ability to get blood to your head too, right? Like I had problems getting blood to my head and well, your main connector is through your yeah. through the back of your through spine, back of your so spine, yeah. that's yeah. where everything's coming in and coming out to your brain, yeah. right? Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, so it was quite challenging when that happened because it almost seemed like the hospital had dismissed me and dismissed what my problems were. It is just a classic brain injury, and and then I was left kind of on my own. And and my girlfriend at the time was amazing; that so she took care of me quite quite a lot and quite a new relationship, to be honest. So. Hats off to her for that. But uh, yeah, it was it was a struggle for a while. You know, I thought it'd be better in three months and all of a sudden three months went by and you're still in bed and, and you're like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> and you start investigating about next stuff and, and all of a sudden you realize that there's something going on there and six months goes by and you're still not doing any better. And you're like, maybe another three months and then nine months goes by and you're still in bed and uh yeah, at that point, I decided to fly back to my mom's place just outside of Toronto. Well, actually, I went home for Christmas, and I was so messed up, I couldn't, I couldn't get back on the plane. So I just stayed. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And how was that? Just in the mental standpoint, like, how were you in that situation? Did you see your life kind of flashing away. You're away from your job. You're away from your sports that you love doing. You're just yeah. in bed. Yeah. That takes a toll on just your yeah. whole well-being, yeah. right? Yeah, I had to change my um, my way of thinking. And uh, I can sit here and say it was easy. You, know, you just change your way of thinking, right? But it was so hard. Like, you know, I went from wanting to climb some very hard things and wanting to do some very cool things in my life to being trying to, trying to get myself to be excited about walking two blocks and not feeling sick, uh, after like a year, you know? And, uh, in the following year, like I started having a lot of weird problems, uh, that, that were like really hard to explain, but just like, I couldn't finish sentences and I, like I break down crying a lot about what that kind of thing. And my dad maybe would ask me a question and I couldn't even, you know, when the words on the tip of your tongue, you can't figure it out. It wasn't even like that. It was like, I couldn't even figure out what they were asking. <laughs> and then I couldn't even figure out how to make words come out of my mouth. Like it was weird, really weird. And then a lot of anger. I got a lot of anger for a while. Um, just like very agitated kind of stuff. Were you seeing a neuroscience, like scientist before this, before those occurrences well, started unfortunately, happening or after? My, unfortunately for me, a lot of it was dismissed as just a brain injury. So, um, none of that took place. It was all like, it was all done through physio and stuff. And so I wasn't getting the attention I needed. And I went and saw, uh, like a neuro person in, in Toronto and that's when things started to change. Um, well, it's just outside of Toronto and, uh, yeah. And also it was, I saw him privately too. Like it wasn't paid through Canada health. So, uh, it was very expensive. That, that was hard to, to lose a lot of money that I'd saved. And my parents helped me out a bit too, which was super nice of them. But, um, yeah, he did a lot of eye work and, and working on my balance and doing a lot more stuff about reconnecting the neurons in your brain, I guess. I mean, the way he described it is that like, think about, you know, if you have like 10 lanes of traffic on a highway or, or five different highways that, that are going all different ways and they're connecting all different ways. Right. And all of a sudden you construction happens on four of those highways (laughs) and all the traffic has to go to one, one highway. Right. And that's the, that's essentially what's happening when when that's done. Best way to visualize that is to take your, take your hand and look at your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Take the take the four fingers and put it onto your one pointer finger, and that's pretty much how yeah. JP's neurons were working. <laughs> yeah, just so, not being so clogged up and just trying to figure out ways yeah. to connect. Right? So maybe that would have been the hard part about trying to speak and stuff because you you're trying to get all that information down to one lane. So and then not too long after that, we figured I figured out that there was actually something going on with my neck. So I had an X ray done, and uh, they found some torn ligaments in the front. Um, the front of my vertebrae there's i can't remember the name of them i'm sorry but uh there's there's ligaments on the back of the spine and the front of the spine on the c1 c2 area and they help keep your spine aligned when you look up and look down and um the fronts on the front were torn so when i looked down my c2 uh i think it was my c2 maybe c3 but anyway would completely uh fall out of place and then rotate and um it would just cause me to just really messed up but that took, that took several years to figure that out. And then they also had mentioned that there was some weird stuff going on with potentially like hairline fracture stuff, but I, I don't know how confirmed that was. So, and especially because it wasn't done for years after, unfortunately. Do you blame a part of your accident with 
just the Canadian healthcare system? Do you no, feel like they I, failed you in a way? No, I mean, I, I don't want to blame anyone that, you know, I think, I think you got to take, I think here's the important thing. And, and I have a very close friend of mine who's battled cancer recently and, uh, and, and another friend of mine who is dealing with a, a court case with, with the Canadian medical system. And I, my advice to anyone out there who's going through something with like a brain injury or cancer or even COVID or whatever, it's, you have to advocate for yourself and you can't sit there and say like, well, you're the doctor, you know, best fact is, is that they're a person and they're going to screw up things. And, and you are the one who knows your body best and you have to take responsibility for that. And that was my biggest mistake is that I would sit there and say, try to be just the nice guy and be like, you're a doctor, you know, you know what's going on. Like, I don't, I have no idea. I don't study this stuff. And then they do all this thing. And then, and then two years later, you're like, I'm still so messed up. Like I can't even get out of bed still. <laughs> so, and that probably changed your whole philosophy of life and how you go about doing things. Yeah, right? yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, taking more control about your actions and controlling your life a bit more. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe this is probably a little bit deeper than it needs to be, but I'll say it anyway. Is that it kind of taught me to have to stick up for yourself in some ways, right? Like I've always let myself get pushed around a little bit in some senses, self worth kind of stuff, and uh, totally, totally, man. Like there were, I saw maybe four or five physios out here even, and you know, I'd see physio once and they'd give me all these exercises to do. And I'd just be like, nah, man, like I'm not, I'm not doing this. This is so bad for me. <laughs> and then I'd find someone and then, and, and she was amazing. And then I'd be like, yeah, what's up? Like we're on the same page. And then I started getting better. That was a big change. I saw this girl in town actually in Squamish and uh, she doesn't do physio anymore because she uh, had a child, but um, she was a Cirque du Soleil uh, physiotherapist for like six years. And then I managed to get in to see her and, um, I started out by saying, you can't touch my neck. <laughs> you can't do anything there. You can, you can, you know, kind of check it out and whatever, but that we're not touching my neck for at least a couple months. And so with the help of finding these good practice neuroscientists and physio people, yeah, you started to recover slowly and slowly and slowly. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was not a linear line of recovery but um a lot of frustration and i mean I, I was still living off of my savings right at this point and i i didn't have any health care so i was paying out of pocket for physio and and the neurologist guy i saw in toronto was like it was like 300 dollars a session like like it was it was so much money man it's yeah it's it's hard to do that and you know i was lucky that i come from a great family and and that they're willing to help me out in some of those situations so I, I don't ever take that for granted but i mean the fact that you even thought about saving the money is ultimately pretty much what saved you in a yeah way, right? yeah so that, so i mean that's a whole nother story is that um i was in the middle of a master's right and then you know coming out of a brain injury and a neck injury with no job and no money and trying to finish school and i couldn't even work to get back to school like <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, unfortunately, I only qualified for like three weeks of EI because I was a student. And then my student health insurance didn't qualify because it was all this weird stuff. It was because um, it was the summer. It was in the summer when it happened. So it was in between the insurance policies. So my insurance policy didn't start until I started school. Yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird situation that I emailed them being like, so I don't have health insurance. And they said, no. And I said, why? And they're like, because you're not a student. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a student because I had an accident. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so it was super weird how that happened. But that's okay. You know, it's in the past. You got to look forwards, right? You got to always move forwards. So we met. Yeah, we met through. Yeah, that was that your first job back. Yeah, yeah, it was. was it was. I remember meeting you in the kitchen. Yeah, I remember first day. My my favorite story is <laughs> JP walks in total green. He hasn't been in our hasn't been in Locavore yet. And he's playing Taylor Swift. I walk in. I'm like, what is it? Who is this guy playing Taylor Swift? He's like, I remember he got so embarrassed. He's like, yeah, you can, you can change it. It's okay. <laughs> I love T Swift, man. T Swift and Jay Beebs, they're my go-to. Oh yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Usually on my own though, in the car, I rock it with the music loud windows down. Then when you roll by someone cool, you put the windows up and... <laughs> I've definitely been guilty of that one. Yeah, not gonna lie. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I remember meeting you. It was, it was funny. I was working uh, like two days a week, four hour days. I couldn't work more than that. So, but yeah. I think you joining the workforce and coming back really oh, helped yeah. you. Hey, yeah, like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I think, I think <laughs> brain injuries are so hard, man, and and other injuries too, not just brain injuries. The hardest part is like going and doing it because you're just like, I'm, it's just going to screw me up for the next day. And like, even with work now, like sometimes I have a hard week and I wake up with a headache and I wake up feeling like crap and you just got to keep pushing. It's hard. It's really hard, but it's honestly like, it's a weird, you have to find your like max and then with a brain injury, you have to find your max and where you can't go harder than that and then go like 5% lower. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then constantly stay at that level and you'll just get better slowly. And not neglecting it. Like we talked about earlier how you have to kind of take control of your, your health in a way yeah, yeah. or else watch it slip away. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is nowhere compared to a brain injury, but I jumped over a fence and dislocated my, my middle finger. Yeah. I remember talking to my mom. I was like, Hey, uh, I don't think my finger's okay. I totally remember it going behind my other fingers. Yeah. If you can imagine that, that image. And she was like, no, no, you're okay. And now to this day, my finger is two times more swollen than my, yeah. than my other fingers. Yeah, I got and the same thing on my toe. <laughs> exactly. Right. So you gotta, you just gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to take control of my health. Cause yeah. that's, Ultimately, that's the only thing that really matters in this life is taking care of yeah, yourself. Man. Yeah, you only, staying got one, alive, right? you only got one body, right? Money comes and goes and, you know, it doesn't, you know, I know many people who are like, I don't go to physio because it's too much money. It's like, well, yeah, you just got to take care of yourself, man. So I'm still bad for it. Like I broke my hand recently and didn't really do too much physio, but it's feeling pretty good now. Yeah, th this leads me to my next question is why, like, even after all these incidents, you're still pushing yourself in extreme sports or just sports in yeah, general. Yeah, so this is like a good tangent, actually. So I actually never been one for soloing and, and uh, um, you know, with all the Alex Honnold stuff and it getting kind of climbing took off for a little bit there when he became pretty famous and there's a little bit of a, I don't know, cliche around it, I guess, with soloing and stuff. And I, yeah, I never really did it. And then during the brain injury, like, I actually moved back here um, and stayed at like some of the best people in the world that like my family out here and, and uh, stayed there for a while. And, and uh, I'd actually go out to the bluffs when I was feeling good and, and just throw like a top rope down and just top rope solo and try and I'd start at like five, seven and then work my way back up higher and higher and higher. And, you know, I started having problems again around the five tens, but you know, I just kind of hovered around five nines for a while. And then I was like, and then I started getting into the soloing actually. And I got into 
it was weird. It was like the only thing I could control. I couldn't control anything else in my life. And, uh, you know, it's messed up as that sounds. It just, it was like relieving to be able to just feel in control of my life. And like, literally I was like, if I let go, I'd break my legs pretty bad or die. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I definitely got into riskier, uh, activities and, and eventually ended up getting to soloing a few harder things and stuff, but, um, and higher off the ground <laughs> around town here. But, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that happen. And, and I had a few friends reach out to me <laughs> to be like, you doing all right? Like, you know, you're still battling this head injury and you're barely working, but you're climbing some things that, you know, I trust you, but yeah. So I never once felt out of control. I always, if it was something harder, I'd top rope it forever. I mean, but it was always by myself too. I didn't, I didn't go with anyone. I didn't really tell anyone, but yeah. And then, um, and then with mountain biking, it's kind of the same, just <sighs> mountain biking is a scary sport. That's for sure. Yeah. It's probably one of the most dangerous sports. And expensive oh, yeah. to add that. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I broke my hand, actually shattered it on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, that was a really, so, uh, okay. So anyway, so long story short, you know, I'm dialing this head injury, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing this. And I'm actually working as a framer in town, uh, at the same time as at the local board. And so we're working and, uh, I had this friend, I started back at UBC part-time and I had this friend who was working at a firm in town for architecture and I worked my butt off for what I could work. Like I wasn't able to work as much as everyone else. I had uh, my, my master's schedule was a little bit more easygoing than other people's. And, uh, I walked into this firm and introduced myself and said hi and said I was in town and looking for work if, if they were needed anything. And, uh, and then I go work the job site. I remember like grinding concrete and rain and snow and whatever. And I was still learning a lot. Like I'm not a framer framer. I, you know, I, I find myself pretty good at learning hand hands on trades and stuff like that. But, um, the guys out there are way better than me. So anyway, I got a call from the guy, the owner of this firm and he says, uh, uh, yeah, make us, I have some potential work for you. You should come down or whatever, but he, he owns another company that's, it's more of a framing company too. So I thought it was with that. So I show up and like flip flops and my pants are covered in concrete and I got like a torn shirt and a baseball cap. And he sets me down in the conference room and says, uh, uh, like, here's an offer. Like, do you want like an offer to work here? And she you know, gives me an offer. And I was like, what, <laughs> you know, and still, I'm, I'm still battling my head injury and just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, I, I always had a, uh, a good attitude that I knew I was going to be fine. Like I knew during this whole injury and everything, I knew I never once second doubted that I wasn't going to be an architect. Like I, even when I was in the depths of this brain injury, I always knew that I was like, oh, I'll be back. Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I took that and unfortunately had to just within a week, just had to leave all the other gigs and, said I could work a little bit, but then I just got so busy. I never could. And, and the demands of, of that job were so high or still are so high, which is great. Like I love it so much, but I, I didn't have time to deal with my head injury and then it slowly got better. <laughs> so I, I don't know how that works, but, uh, yeah, just forced it. So 
Your story uh, reminds me a lot about Pursuit of Happiness. Even the conference room <laughs> scene where Will Smith is like covered in paint yeah. because he went to jail and then had to show up for this this big meeting. It totally reminds me of that yeah. scene. It's so I don't funny. know. I don't know if it was that big of a meeting, but uh, it was, it's all uh, it's all relative, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, we're in Squamish, right? Like, if you show up to a meeting with looking like you're just working on a construction site all day, it's a little different than if you're doing that in New York. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah yeah a bit of a road and and uh yeah just back in it now so so to sum it up the the mindset is uh super important hey just keeping like you said you never backed down and never thought you couldn't do that you know yeah i it's funny man like you hear the, all these talks by like people who are uber successful right and the people who follow their dreams and do this and do that you just got to have, find something that you have a hundred percent confidence that you are going to do it. And it doesn't matter what people are going to tell you. You know, even my mom told me that I wouldn't like architecture. I wouldn't, not because she didn't believe in me, but just because I've always been struggled with like the maths and sciences. I've always been more hands-on. Um, so she thought I'd be better suited for a trade, which I'm sure I would be, but, um, but I didn't want that. I knew it. I knew it, man. You just got to know. You never, never doubt yourself about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's something I'm trying to figure out within myself too. Cause yeah. I want to, I want to go to medical school and be a psychiatrist. So yeah. but that's a long road and it's so competitive. Well, it's not a sprint, man. It's a marathon. It, exactly. Yeah. So as long as you make it right. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be lots of people who say you can't along the way, right? Like don't surround yourself with those people or, or just ignore it. Cause no one did anything great listening to the people who said they couldn't do it. So <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm sitting here doing something great, you know, to each their own. No one achieves their goals, I guess, if, if uh, they listen to the people who said they can't do it. That's maybe a better way to say it with my situation. Nah, I still have a lot of goals, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we got straight to the topic and dove into what we wanted to talk about, which was res resilience. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, the first thing before we started recording, JP walked in. He's like, "What do you want from me, man? I don't even know if my story's good <laughs> enough." And I don't know. I think I think he showed up today and really really showed us oh, what. Thanks, man. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. What? I appreciate it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time of your day to jump on Marcel Mondays and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Wishing nothing but the greatest. <laughs> thank you, good sir. Yeah. All right. See you later, everyone.